Howdy, partner! And welcome to Tom Hanks Giving's 50th Episode Spectacular! Life's a box of chocolates, friend. That's the way it goes. Sometimes it's a happy end, and sometimes it blows. When you don't understand, you just can't see it through. Just look to the man with one red shoe. Oh, and the world's gone mad. Oh, turn to America's dad. Oh, we'll come together, don't you see? Oh, Top Hanks is for you and for me. What do you think of Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump is a classic 1994 Oscar-winning movie. I've always been a fan of Forrest Gump. Do I think uh, Jenny's probably my least favorite female character of all time? Yeah. But do I like the rest of the movie? Hell yeah. I loved it growing up, you know. like I watched it on TV. I think I watched it on VHS, DVD. I saw Forrest Gump for the first time two months ago. What'd you think? Uh, you know, it had enjoyable moments. I think you can tell how good a movie is by the longevity of its quotes and characters. We all know that life is like a box of chocolates. We all remember Lieutenant Dan. We all ask Forrest to run. Jenny lost her virginity, and I can't find it anywhere. Um, I thought his performance was solid. Is it the best? I don't think it's the best. I don't know if it's his best performance, although he did win the Oscar. Well, I think it's kind of like a little celebration of American values and like the, where we are, where we got as a culture, you know, it showed what we went through. I've heard um, film teacher describe it to me as a Republican's wet dream, and I'm like, oh, I can kind of see that. I guess my problem with Forrest Gump is it feels like the uh, Chuck Berry scene in Back to the Future just over and over again. Where it's just this thing that happened in history, this thing that was created by actual innovation and thought, was actually just this circumstance. I think for the time that it came out, I, I, I think it's, it's the achievement that, that deserves all of the praise it got. Uh, I think anyone can turn on Forrest Gump and still enjoy themselves. So, timeless! Tom Hanks' filmography is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Howdy, folks. It's me, Elvis, your best good friend, and we've talked about a lot of movies on the Tom Hanks Giving Podcast, but for our 50th episode, we had to come down to finally discuss 1994's Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis, Written by Eric Roth, based on the novel by Winston Groom. This is a movie that is perhaps the most iconic, the most resonant of all Tom Hanks movies. So for today's very special episode, I decided to get two of my favorite returning guests. One person who loves Forrest Gump and another person who loathes Forrest Gump. So quick note, we actually recorded this episode twice. You'll be hearing the second time we recorded it, uh, and we will be referring to it many, many times. But uh, you know what? We went through 50 of these episodes, and we had to uh, run out of luck somewhere. So finally lost one, but we got back just in time to deliver this episode for you. And uh, hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's discuss Forrest Gump. 
Today we are joined by two veterans of the Tom Thanksgiving podcast, and also veterans of the Forrest Gump <laughs> Tom Thanksgiving podcast, because oh, no. this is the second week in a row we try to record it. Uh, disaster, but we're going to try and recreate the magic for you guys, because we had an amazing conversation. And uh, I mean, even if we didn't, we could just tell them that we did. That's true. It probably was the worst. It was the podcast to end all podcasts, though. Let's be honest. It was worse than the man with one red shoe episode. So, Mm. Uh, but hopefully we've uh, (laughs) we've calmed down uh, Samantha's banshee call, and uh, we're good. So yeah, we're joined by Brian Dressel. Howdy of After the Hype podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, Samantha Garrison. Hello of Fear the Chick Flick. Yes. And of two of these podcasts. That's true. I mean, yeah, you guys have both been on. And it's several episodes of After the Hype. Yeah, I'm just. And then we've had you more. We've had you on more than Elvis has. Well, so. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we've been around longer. What can I say? You wouldn't bring me on for the Cloud Atlas one. I'm a little offended. We're not talking about Cloud <laughs> Atlas today. I don't have the patience. Today we're talking about Forrest Gump. Do you have the patience for that? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Brian, you love this movie. Love it. Still, after still, last even week? Even after last week, still love it. Perfect. Okay. I feel a little more guilty about loving it, but I still love it. All right. Well, we're going to make you hopefully get to that guilty part again. I'm there. Sam, <laughs> you hate this movie. I think it is a rancid cavity in the smile of America. Well, wow. after our discussion last week, I kind of landed on loving it for being such a horrible movie, because I feel like it works on so many layers. It's just not horrible, though. Oh, we're going to talk is. about it. We're going to get into it. Um, <laughs> so, Brian... Yes. What is your interpretation of this movie? What is your succinct summary of the plot? I, I, if I can even do half as well as I did last time, I'll be, you know, proud of myself. Uh, okay, so the way that I see this movie, it is about a young man with slightly below average uh, intelligence and his journey throughout uh, time from, I, I don't remember exactly when he's born, but say like 50s through current-ish times, I think like late, er, early 80s is where it ends. Uh, and it kind of goes through like important events and how he somehow managed to be in the right place at the right time every single time to have an important effect on them. And then he goes for a run. Yes, he goes <laughs> for a run. Sam, what's your interpretation? What is the plot of this movie? It's about a simple white man who manages to eclipse major achievements of actual American heroes and contributors all in the name of folksy Americana. Having horrible flashbacks last week. Yeah. Yes. I think all of us are. Sorry. I'm not going to ease up just because we've already been through it. No, no. You made me sit through this movie again. Did you watch it a second time? No, but like... I was honestly going to go that far. No. Uh, I still got all my notes. Um, I still don't have any. That's perfect. (laughs) You're coming in on pure enthusiasm. Uh Should we start at the very beginning? You know what? Very good place to start. Let yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Let's start. Okay. Forrest Wh- Gump would have taken credit for that too if he had had the chance. Perfect, que- perfect, perfect question to ask because I want to know, Sam. At what point, what frame of this movie do you hate it? Is there a part where it's like this is the moment where it turns for you? Um. There's when they're talking about his name and the stupid mental gymnastics that they go through to justify him being named after the founder of the KKK. Perfect. Um, Let's start with yeah, this. Yeah, just, just <laughs> horrific. Let's I'm get into about, right? like, it's just, But that's kind of where it starts. Mental gymnastics that they use to justify that and being okay and cute instead of <laughs> reprehensible. 
I mean, okay, I can't really defend it, but I can try. Uh, <laughs> That's why you're here. Yeah, I mean, I should clarify, I am sick, so I'm not entirely on my A-game like I was last time. Last week uh, we had, uh, Ben Shearn was on, he was so sick, and it was an amazing episode, so you have a lot yeah, of pressure on you. Yeah, he only had to talk to one person, I have to talk to two, and one of which one of them hates is, the movie. One of them is it. That's right. <laughs> I love you, Brian. That's great. <laughs> Anyhow, so <laughs> I'm just gonna move right past that. So I can't have somebody say they love me and then badmouth everything I love, like Forrest Gump. I like your wife. She's my favorite. You She's love me, but you don't you. like my wife. That's no, I love great. your wife. She's okay. <laughs> your wife is better than you, oh, and you I love have, her. I do so. not argue with that. Uh, <laughs> just okay. So anyhow, so about racism. Uh, <laughs> it all comes back to racism Let's on this, this show. Strangely uh, enough, we talk about racism a lot on the Tom Hanks Giving Podcast. Uh, what does it say about Tom Hanks? No! <laughs> I will fight you! I have to be really careful because it was yeah. me laughing that crashed everything. Anyhow... Uh, so the name thing, I get it, it's terrible, and it's a really weird choice to make a joke out of the KKK. Especially so early in the movie, like, it just sets this really weird tone throughout the rest of the film. But I get what they're trying to do, which is trying to say, forge your own path, don't let your past define you. Which I get, but they also kind of drop the ball by naming him after his past, so... It's weird, but I, I see what they're trying to do, whether or not it worked. It's sort of like a remember your mistakes. Yes, remember your mistakes, learn from them. Always be conscious of them. That's also. why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Remember your mistakes. Exactly. Don't make another movie like this a classic again. Um, yeah. And then I think the second misstep would be then uh, the Jenny thing, where he makes light of the fact that her father molested her. And then the fact well, that Well, he his doesn't mom... make... We've been over this list. <laughs> he doesn't make... He for... doesn't know, but it's like a really... Like, there's a better... You could have finessed that a bit. It, right, well, we talked the about... The screenwriter did know. Yeah, and, the uh... screenwriter kind of fucked up on that one. Yeah, how yeah. we like... It's the... Forrest, of course, doesn't understand that this is what happened. But the movie is okay making a joke about Forrest not understanding it. Like, it yeah. makes a joke... On it, like he was touching her. And Get the, it, audience? Let's laugh about yeah, that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where they could have just like they they could have just left it out of the movie because it mm -hmm. wasn't even like he said it on camera, which you can still cut that out. Yeah. But it was vo, like you could just lift that out so easily and have the scene play out the exact same way. Yeah, and we still, still get the message, we still know what just happened, but you don't have to deal with the joke of, like, <laughs> he raped his kids. Because it made it really clear that her dad yeah. was an abusive scumbag. Yeah, right. he, he was, yeah, you can absolutely get that without that line. Do you get that he was a sexually abusive scumbag does with it, that line? Does it matter? I mean, does, it matter the only does it matter except to pathologize <clears throat> Jenny's choices later? That's the only reason that's I would problem. think it would matter. I don't, it doesn't, though. I, I agree with Sam, even though she's wrong in every point in this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to know without a doubt that it was sexual. I think you could make the leap uh, just from the abusive drunken dad. You can, yeah. uh, and then you see where she goes for the rest of the movie. You go, oh, he's probably sexually abusive. Colors it in, yeah. Yeah. You don't uh, need to just say it in this kind of cutesy, like. <laughs> but this movie does. This movie does go out of its way to be as transparent about everything, as simple, yeah. and this is exactly what it is about every single point of the movie. Because we are all forests, and forest is us. Well, it's it's definitely spoon feeding you the movie, um, in most places. So let's talk about the VO specifically. Yeah. Let's talk about. How that works. Well, I have a There's question. a okay. lot of VO. Here's my question for, for both of you. 
Or do you have a problem with VO in movies in general, or just this movie? Because I'm uh, usually a, a no VO sort of guy. Actually, like, show me, don't tell okay, me. Okay, this is the one time where it makes a lot of sense, though, because sure. the framing device they use for the movie is him sitting on the bench telling the story. It's kind yeah, of a way to keep I that like through a, line going. I like it's, a VO when there's a framing device. Yeah, I'm okay with the framing device, and I think it really works well in this movie, <clears> this masterpiece of cinema, as we'll keep talking about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, as soon as... I'm fine just like... He's on the bench, he's talking, and then have a little bit of bleed over, and then out. I don't need him to come up every now and then and just keep telling it, because that's where it's just like, it's on the screen. We're watching it happen. Yeah. You don't have to tell me about it, too. That's the problem with the voiceover. Not the idea behind it, not even right. the execution. It's just too much. Yes. But it's also, I think, <clears throat> part of what gave this unfortunate movie such staying power, because every line is, like, crafted to stick in your brain and be quotable. You is know, that a bad thing, though? Of it is, I love it. And most of it's the voiceover. It's, it's Not all of it's the voiceover, it's, it's, no. but most of it is that that setup, because he says a lot of things you, to the it's people. So clo- yeah. It's so cloying, though, is the problem. It's not like... It doesn't come from a place of just organic good writing that's clever. Like No, it comes from Mama. <laughs> yeah. Mama always said. said. <laughs> and Mama had some problems of her own. Mama doesn't exist unless Forrest is there, and that's a little weird. Um, Mama might not be the best character in the movie. <laughs> but the whole movie is like, what spew, like, what hath Mama wrought? <laughs> Forrest references her more than anything, and it's such a problem. I don't think, I think Mama might have hated Forrest, and was just would, like, let's I mean, see if I can get this kid. <laughs> I, I don't, no, no. No, no, okay. Sally, Sally Field in this kidding, movie does, does not have a lot to do. She's not very great in it. I think she's a ghost because she just disappears unless Forrest is there. But like this woman has no internal there's, life. There's no. There's yeah. no suggestion. No characterization. That's that's all true. But there's no suggestion that she doesn't like Forrest. I know. No. I, I, she sleeps she with this principle. I mean, I the only thing that she has is that she loves her son. That's, that's her. Character. Literally, it, yes. yes. It's that and like Through, a huge <clears throat> plantation. Well, no, I don't. I mean, like the only thing her character has <laughs> yeah. is that you know, it's and so the fact that they used to own slaves back in the day, which is probable. Yeah, I mean, especially with that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's not talk about the past. No. Right? <laughs> no. Not not today of all days. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we mentioned the, the, uh, the, the voiceover has the bulk of these iconic lines. These lines that you say are, are very cloying. It doesn't have all. I mean, there's like Run, Forest, Run. Run, Forest, Run is... Lieutenant Dan, Ice Cream. Like, there's like a lot of those. Yeah, I know, but this, this you're movie... You're goddamn genius with a goddamn IQ of yeah. 160. Yeah, none of these are... That's in my favorite line. Yeah, these, this movie is filled with some of the most <laughs> quotable, memorable lines. And, I uh... Think you're missing the best part of that, which is <laughs> far away. Go! <laughs> and then him running down. I can't quote the whole thing though. I'd get you have to. There's more of it. I mean, it does just keep going. It's great the whole way through. So, what about this movie makes like why is this script like so quotable? Is it part of partially the performances? Uh, is I don't it? even think partially. I think it's entirely because these lines aren't. You look at them on paper; they're not that great. Like, run, Forest, Run. I mean, Run, Forest, Run is the dumbest line. If, on if paper. they don't shout it time and time and time again. And it's not followed by a really fun running sequence that puts him in a college. The line has no weight. It's it, like that's Part of the that line. Is Zemeckis, though, I think even more yeah. than the performances, like Zemeckis knows how to craft an audience-friendly movie. He's yeah. really, really good at He's that. He's maybe the best. Yeah, 
And it's, but, yeah. and it's, yeah. yeah, he just knows what's going to stick in people's brains. And he, and he hits that really hard. He knows how to stick it in his brains too. Cause we yes. go through the run forest run sequence twice. Once when they're kids, once when they're in high school. There's and no then. There's no denying that this is a well-crafted movie. It's yeah. just unfortunate that it presents some really shitty yeah. messages no, in the, that. The movie craft. itself is very tight. Like it's very yeah. succinct. You can't it's argue really with that. It's really well yeah. edited. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's well put together. Yeah. Just like, whether or not you like what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's part of the staying power is that it's just very well crafted to appeal to the most amount of people in the broadest way. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, at all. But it it, it sucks that it's this is what they're getting to stick in people's heads, you know, because it's gross. But I don't think the things that are the, sticking in people's heads are the gross Yeah, parts. there's nothing gross it's about not like, Run, oh, Forrest, man, Run. I love Forrest Gump, that part where they horribly misrepresent the Black Panthers. I love that part. It's my favorite part in the movie. It's the, but like they Forrest love the, the whole... hokey scenes. They remember it for the hokey scenes. Yeah. They love it for that part. Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually much more of a uh, of a an insidious like the medicine goes down with the spoonful of sugar. Exactly. You remember the sugar, but you forget yeah. like, wait, what was that subliminal messaging I was yeah. getting? <laughs> we still in, ingested this like kind of dangerous idea that there were good old days and they were like kind of white male folksy times, you know? Yeah. And that's that's my beef with the movie. Like, it's, it's really well made. Tom Hanks is great in it. We'll for, get to that. Yeah. No, I mean, but, you know, it's like, everyone's great. Robin Wright always delivers. Like, Sally Field is good, given how underwritten she is. Lieutenant Dan's great. Bubba's great. I don't have a beef with any of the performances or any of the way the movie's put together. It just, it's so, like insidious in the way that it's delivering this like prepackaged Americana that just doesn't exist. Well, let's let's instead like of trying to recreate uh last the last time we recorded this, let's try and yeah. crack open the conversation in a different direction. Uh, and hopefully we'll still hit all our our points, but let's start with what is the insidious influence behind this movie that you see? Okay, so every time Forrest is in one of these historical places or is doing like um I think I said this last time, and I'm sorry to bring it up again, but it's just such a perfect point of what I'm trying to say, is when the moon landing is happening, there's a bunch of veterans watching Forrest play ping pong instead of watching some of their own. In his defense. Military, like, in his defense, he's very good at ping pong. Okay, there's two. Okay, there's the, yes, he's very good at ping pong. And two, this movie isn't about the moon landing. Like, it's not. I know, Apollo it's, 13. It's, yeah. about, <laughs> it's about the moon landing. It's supposed to be celebrating, like, American history but in that kind of, in not that way. all of it, though. I mean, it's not, like, it, it doesn't go all the way back to 1776. So why include it at all? Why not just have Forrest in a veterans hospital? It, it like, really could just be to point it, to put a time period on it, to know, like, where he is. Like, oh, this is about but, what. I mean, the, the, the reason it is. is so careless yeah. with those references that it really ends up saying something shitty things and like well and I don't think the moon landing like, you're talking about shitty things this movie says and I don't disagree with you if the last episode I just still think, existed okay, it's, you'd hear it but the moon landing thing that you keep hitting on that is the though. least shitty thing no, they say it's in the just, whole movie but it just encapsulates it's like one moment that really encapsulates what this movie is doing which is obfuscating actual American greatness and actual American achievements for this idea of folksy wisdom that is just straight bullshit and so, it's an idea that's actually like damaging our social and political systems today. And I think that's okay. what's really scary is how great, like how much people buy into this movie and this idea of folksy <clears throat> wisdom that just, it's not true. But, like but Forrest encounters people that work so much harder than him. And like just But that's kind of, a, that right there. Like you, your points are totally valid throughout all this thing. It's the moon landing one that I think is like, cause it's just such a, a throwaway wink, which I know you say makes it worse. But for me, that makes it far less of an, like an assault. To clarify, than, you're, you're saying the moon landing 
thing, which is just basically a harmless joke, is representative of yeah. what the movie that, is doing takes, as a whole. Like, these bigger moments, and like it's it's just like a really quick point that's illustrating the bigger point. Like when when Forrest becomes a successful shrimp boat captain, it's because he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and all the good shrimp boat captains are wiped out in a storm, and consequently a whole small black town and its economy is demolished, and then he goes yeah. and employs yeah. all of them, and as a white savior makes so it So much better. worse than the moon landing. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> yes. just like, that's a lot. Yeah. I'm if just you're saying, gonna, like, as, yeah. a, as a way of explaining this, like, that's what he does. He comes in and, like, takes over a black community that was, like, thriving and doing well on its own, and just, like, turns it into this, like corporate success story for himself. He provides them with nice things, but we don't... I mean, not that this is about a shrimping community, right. but it's just a little weird, and it's a little uneasy. Okay, no, I, I don't... Like, and that's, that's the, thing. the I, part that really I, is kind of upsetting. I wholly don't disagree with like you. That. No, I get it. But, like, the thing is, like, the movie... Like, I don't have... Like, those moments come and go, and they don't bother me in the same way they bother you, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that I grew up... Uh, as a white male, and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, this kind of works out. And, like, right. You can't see it from that point of view. If I was going to pull a single moment of from this movie that I think is representative of what the movie's doing, it's the moment where he finishes running. He just stops, yes. and then he turns around, and everybody's like, what happens now? And he has nothing profound to say. He's like, I'm just going to go home. And that's what I feel like this movie is doing. It's basically, you're on this ride, and it's exhilarating while you're doing it. But as soon as it's over, you realize this was a hollow experience. Like it was, yeah, and he takes only no usable responsibility for the, right. for the effect that he has on people's lives. Right. Well, your 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 read is a little darker than mine. <laughs> mine is basically just like this movie has nothing of value to offer beyond watching the movie. Brian, is there a scene or a moment you can pull out that represents all the good that this movie has? I mean, I really want to, but now two weeks of having this movie just like. <laughs> Fucking lit on fire in front of me. It's very, it's very damaging. I'm trying to be on uh, both sides here because there's no, part I love this movie, but I, look, but I, I also see no, it. no. I, I, told, I, I totally, do, I totally get both your points of view. It's meant to be a likable movie. But no, the the things that like for me that work it really is, and I know we'll go on this more later, but it really comes down to like Tom Hanks, just him being Forrest Gump. For me, there's something about him being that character and not just <clears> looking at it as Forrest Gump does, which is just going on the ride with him makes it an enjoyable experience. I know that makes it worse and you're not doing it as well because you're also not looking at the consequences that he's doing much like he is in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like by saying all these horrible things are happening because of him gives him this like malicious intent that's not there. He's never doing these things to ruin these communities, to take uh to take people away from watching the moon landing, to do like any of the stuff that he does or to ruin these people's run. Like he never did any of this with the intention of doing that and by blaming him for it, which I get you kind of have to because you did do it. It's still just. With the, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to. Explain. With, with that, valuable, with that, I think yeah. it's a valuable lesson then in why we do need to examine things uh -huh. and examine their consequences because I don't. Well, I think most people who like hold positions of power and stuff are not inherently malicious. I think they're right. trying to do what they think is best without considering other people's perspectives or the consequences <clears throat> of their actions. Right, and in that's that, where Forrest Gump is. Like kind of a valuable lesson, even if right. it's a movie that I don't like, it's mm -hmm. super important to consider that. But that, that's kind of what I was, I think we were getting to last yeah. time is, is this movie actually very, very smart about exactly what it's doing? This is, this is representative of what happens in America, specifically towards uh, race and gender, about just the simplest white man taking over, even without malicious intent. And the movie's actually trying to be like, this is what happens, get it? But... If that's the case, why is it 
bad if it's just trying to represent what life is really like here? I mean, is it doing that on purpose? I, the thing is, I, I because I want this movie to win today and be great, not have everybody walk away going, oh shit, which is what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Uh, it, it's, I, I don't think, I love Zemeckis. I really do. Uh, I He's amazing. He is. He didn't have that in mind. I, I don't, believe like the core of my being there's no way Stanley Kubrick's Forrest Gump had that in mind yes Stanley Kubrick Robert Zemeckis Robert Zemeckis wanted to make a fun movie about this guy and that's what he did yeah just like Forrest Gump he didn't pay attention to the consequences which is even if that's true even if that wasn't Zemeckis's intent does the art on its own divorce from his intent can you get this read and then in that sense is it a positive piece of art as it instructs how destructive the world is like you watch movies like what, uh, maybe not a great example, but, uh, well, no, let's pull out The Shining. Okay. And you can read into how that movie is, like, it's obviously not advocating how horrible Jack Nicholson is, but, okay, yeah, this is a bad example. Well, no, but it's about, it's about, like, isolation and alcoholism and But you can of, you can read into these things and it's like... Yeah. And you can be, oh, it's about isolation, alcoholism, uh, uh, abuse, all these things. Or is it about a guy going crazy and you're... The ass. movie's not glorifying yeah. it. Yeah. It's obviously saying, like, this is a wrong thing to do while you're enjoying it. Is it like that? Is there a sleeper read you can make where... I'm, I'm saying you specifically, Samantha Garrison, <laughs> can enjoy this movie when you're like, this is a really dark portrayal, an honest portrayal of Americana. I like having this discussion, but I also just don't... I'm not like you. I've never really liked this right. movie. And that's just, like, a personal taste thing. I really mm-hmm. don't... I don't like how much they put Jenny through the ringer. Like, if I'm being honest, when I was a kid and watched this, I was like, this just seems like not a very nice movie. Like, Forrest is a nice man for how much he loves Jenny, but also they just, like, for as a love story, like, when you divorce it from the commentary, it's just always made me, like, sad. No, no, and the thing is, (laughs) as much as I can try to defend this thing and not come across like a complete asshole, which I'm always afraid of doing, uh, it's... I don't disagree with, like, they don't treat Jenny very well. Uh, that Her redemption is just non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, but as to what you were saying, it's I mentioned this in the last time we recorded, and I think it's kind of an important thing. Uh, Everybody take the, a drink yeah. every time we mention yeah, the I last know. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we man. are looking yeah. toward the past. <laughs> I know. But the, the thing that I think is really important, especially in movies today, in art today, uh, a lot of people make these movies with this like intent of, like, this is what I want people to take away from it. And then mm-hmm. nobody gets it. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter because that's what I intended. Not sorry, dude. Like, if I made a film and it, everyone got that, like, okay, I believe that Jesus was a hot dog salesman, and I never <laughs> had that in the movie. It's like, sorry, that's what the movie says. Whether yeah. or not I intended it, that's what it does. And that if we are going to assume that whether or not Zemeckis wanted this message in there, that's kind of what it is there. The movie, the message being that uh, this is a happy-go-lucky, isn't it great? Ah, shucks, mer- um, basically. Make America Great Again sort of thing? No, more so like what you were saying earlier, where it's like this is like a, a cautionary tale. Oh, so um, you're saying yeah. you agree with me. I agree so with is you, there. yes. Yeah, I think that it's there. I don't think that Zemeckis wanted it to be. Okay, but if he didn't want it to be, is that what everyone else is getting from the movie? I think, well, the thing like is... The I don't co- think so, because, because it people out, yeah. look at me yeah. like I'm an asshole well, when no, I say how much yeah. I hate it. But you're also talking to people who've been watching it, to, watching it since 1993, like I have, who like grew up loving it. Yeah. If you are to try to show this movie to somebody cold, 2016 or 2017, when this episode comes out, and just like, hey... Tomorrow! This is coming <laughs> out tomorrow! <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you show it to somebody cold today, they might get a completely different read than the child, like me, did when I saw it when I was a kid. Because when I saw it as a kid... My reaction to wasn't wasn't I love Forrest, I love this, I love this. It was I want to make movies. Like yes. This 
that is the best like adventure thing I've seen in a long time. I want to make films now because that that kicked me off. Like that was great, and now here I am. What was the, you said? Uh, it was the sequence, the run forest run sequence that like had that magic for you. That the made first you... one when he was a kid. Yeah, not the second. The second one's funny. The the there's something about that Zemeckis does it great of just. It's like that magic on screen in a non-magical world. And it's like the him breaking out of the braces and just mm-hmm. going for the first run. It's like, I get chills talking about it. Because like it's shot and done so well. That's that master filmmaking where it's yeah. like, this moment, he sells it to you. And uh, that's when they had score and not period-appropriate music. And I think that was the other that thing. That also helps The score in this yeah. movie is really, it's, it's great. Yeah. The score is great. No denying And the, the soundtrack <laughs> is overwhelming. <laughs> Overwhelming. I still like it. Overwhelming <laughs> and way too on the nose. I agree, but I still like it. Like, there's the midnight cowboy scene where he's crossing the street. I am walking here! Which I only like because he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, I still and like, love that scene. The, what, what was the song we talked about last time where Jenny's leaving right. out the door and the lyrics literally uh, like, she's going she out, the out the door. door. <laughs> which is so indicative of what... Or representative of what this whole movie is like with so many of its jokes, specifically like yeah. the flashes back to history where it's like, this is a thing, get it? Yeah. Do you get the joke? Which uh, we talked with the, the, uh, the Watergate one was probably the most that is, egregious. That is the worst. Yeah. By far. yeah. I, I, after we recorded, I kind of went back and I just kind of thought about like the things in this movie from trying to look at it without my rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to look at it hard. The, the two things that I think are the by far the most like offensively bad are the Watergate and the Black Panther scene. Why the Watergate scene? The Watergate, because it's just such a, it is such like a ham-fisted, just like, ha, get oh. it? He was there. He oh, got a problem. So it's offensive based on how condescending. Yeah, like offensively yeah. bad. Like, okay, just yeah, like yeah. just terrible. And it's that one and then the Black Panther scene. It's just, it felt like whoever, like I don't remember the screenwriter. It wasn't Zemeckis, was it? It was. Uh, the screenplay was by Eric Roth. Uh, who also did Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Oh. And it's, of course, based on the book by Winston Groom, who is, right. uh, who might actually believe in the uh, the darker read of this yeah. movie, because he hates America. Um, but what I was saying is... You need to read this book. It felt, like the, uh, it felt like the writers just never did any research in the Black Panthers. Just mm-hmm. knew that they were angry black men who would have been in D.C. at the time. And it's like, oh, here we go, and this will be great. Sounds like that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's such a, a horrible scene, and like... It, it's again me trying to look at this thing without rose colored glasses. If I if I look at it as like the fan of Forrest Gump, I love that scene. I love mm-hmm. this scene. I like I love this is gonna sound horrible. I love watching Jenny get hit just for uh, I guess it's gonna sound horrible, but I love because it's you get to see that just like zero to sixty Forrest of just mm-hmm. like I will defend her till the end of time, no matter where I am or what time it is. And I, I like that. I thought that was really cool. I wish you'd have to watch me get punched to have that sequence, but you know. Right, and you know, you know he's there for her. Uh. It's, it's, he's it's, not it's, though. He's there for her when she happens to coincide with his life. That's true. Yeah. We talked about. No, look, we talked about this last week. I, I do. Think, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I do think, as much as the movie punishes Jenny, I do think Forrest genuinely loved her, and he tried to be no. there for her. That that was devastating no, when I, all the letters were returned. Yeah, and no, I totally I, agree. I think if the love story had a better third act, if it had a better ending, and if Jenny weren't just continually punished for yeah. everything, I think honestly, it I might like it more as a love story. Do you suppose that the the common audience, the people who love this movie and haven't watched it in like twenty years? Are they thinking of this movie as a love story? Is that what it reads to no, them? As a as a fan for years, I never did. 
Okay. That's the problem, is everyone kind of exists for Forrest to use and dispose of from scene to scene. And the problem is Jenny is used as a narrative through line Mm -hmm. instead of a full character. And it could have been a really interesting love story. Pretty much every, outside of maybe Lieutenant Dan, every other character is just a narrative device. Yeah, and Lieutenant Dan actually does get a satisfying arc. And and unfortunately, Jenny just doesn't get the same treatment. She, she's punished and punished and punished. And while I don't agree with some of her choices at the end, and I question (laughs) whether that's actually Forrest's kid, I do think she made the decision to tell Forrest that out of both a kindness to Forrest and love for her son. And I think that Jenny was just always a person doing the best she could with what she had. And the fact that the movie just like kind of just is horrible to her is actually really heartbreaking. And it could have, honestly, I would have liked this movie so much better if it had stopped being just about Forrest and had been a love story. I got nothing to say about that one. Because what what is your favorite moment in the movie is when he sees the kid and she tells him it's his. Yes. And he well, has that beautiful moment. It's a wonderful moment, and Tom Hanks deserved the Academy Award for that one. Yeah. Yeah, that self-awareness of, is he smart? Yeah. He... The only he's time better, he's self-aware. He's yeah. a better person when he's with Jenny. Right. And theoretically, the movie wants us to believe that she's a better person when she's with him. Is That's it the not true? For a wonderful love story. From what we see on screen, though? I feel like they're continually making her out to be too stupid to see... The prize in front of her, even though, like, from a logistical standpoint, Forrest is, isn't. He's not really a prize. No. Yeah, and again, like, that's not. He's the guy that's he still there. Her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Which I, is uncomfortable gender politics, too, because it's like the guy can have his dream girl, but the girl has to be with the guy who has a crush on her. Yeah. yeah. Or she gets punched or hit or. Yeah. Which also, I mean, there's hepatitis? this movie. Hepatitis C is what yeah. we landed on. Then this movie goes out of its way to punish like the whole hippie liberal movement to mostly seen through Jenny's. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also kind of got like this weird political bent, which contributes which to the also, folksy American yeah. Yeah. conservatism. And I think that's also the problem with the joggers is they're seen as sort of like They're lemmings. Cultists. Yeah. Yeah, like lemmings and <clears throat> That entire sequence is still so bizarre. It's the worst it's sequence just in the movie. The worst sequence. Except if they had for the fact the running that running and focused on a love story, it would have been a delightful end. Well, even like adventures. even Tom Hanks hates the running sequence. Like everyone hates the running sequence. It's you know who doesn't hate Hanks. the running sequence? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Rita Wilson, <laughs> Tom Hanks's wife. <laughs> Big fun fact. Uh, so Rita Wilson in an interview said, was asked what her favorite Tom Hanks movie was. She says Forrest Gump. Solid choice. <laughs> her reason why. <laughs> Is because uh, you get to see Tom Hanks running a lot, and he's got that really tight butt because he had to get in shape for all that running, and she's just a big fan. However, Tom's younger brother, Jim Hanks, was a double for him in many of the running sequences. So Rita Wilson could very well be lusting after Hanks' brother. Or maybe she just really knows his ass. Maybe it's like ass bingo. She's like, Tom, Jim, Tom's is better. Jim, Tom, Jim, Tom. I could get into that. That's great. <laughs> Maybe it's like she's patting herself on the back like, oh, I picked the better brother. Yeah. I so, do I yeah. do want to believe that Hanks and Wilson is true love. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't everybody? I, yeah, you should. <laughs> uh, more Certainly more so than Forrest and Jenny. <laughs> oh. But one last thing on Jenny before we move on. Uh, it tries to show Jenny going through the, the age-old... Uh, you accept the love you think you deserve thing. And it does so in a way that I believe it as a character, but as a filmmaker, I feel like they probably should have gone about it differently. Because it, it leans more to what Sam says in the movie, punishing her, 
as opposed to like showing her actual like thought process and going through like the motions of like what these people actually do and it's very sad and horrible to see happen but when you're watching like this movie it just kind of feels like nah she's just gonna get fucked over over and over and over and over and over whereas like there are real people who go through these situations who end up with more abusive relationships time and time again because that's what they know and that's what they think they deserve and this movie attempted to make one of those characters and then just dropped the ball and just made it kind of offensive in the way of like, eh, whatever, she'll be fine. Well, yeah, the big problem is that so much of Jenny's, like all of Jenny's development happens off screen. Right. She gets like the one beat where she gets, she finally sleeps with Forrest. Yeah. And then leaves, but we don't really see the consequences of that. We just jump ahead and it's like, oh, I guess she got better. Yeah. Uh, which, she got better and he went running. <laughs> Yeah, which is the other infuriating thing about that sequence is like the only reason we're doing this is because we gotta kill some time for that kid to grow. Okay, no. Yeah, no, just, and what's even weirder is when they cut to her in the diner and she's watching him on the news. She's a okay. She's not pregnant and she's like tight. Well, that, <laughs> by the time he gets on the news, he, she's probably had the kid. Yeah, yeah. He's a baby at home. Yeah. It's just it was it's weird that they well, didn't hint or foreshadow that and like. Also, if she does, they kind of do by her being cleaned up. I mean, they don't hint at the kid, but they hint that like whatever she did with Forrest that night kicked her on the path to recovery. Forrest, yeah. magic yeah. penis, <laughs> magic penis. That's, oh, there's a better movie in here somewhere. <laughs> a better movie yeah. from the guy who loves yeah, this movie. Oh, dude, watching Tom Hanks and his magical penis just healing people across the world. Uh, have you so into this have movie. you seen the Green Mile? <laughs> Best Hank sex scene ever. <laughs> Man, him and Bonnie Hunt, they go at it. I didn't watch Stop that movie it, I'm gonna so bring the long. microphone again. <laughs> so what you're saying is Michael Clark Duncan didn't have to die if he blew Tom Hanks. Yes! <laughs> oh my god! That I bet if that old lady at the end of the movie gave him a hand job, she'd live a little longer at yeah. least. It is fixed the green mile. Tom Hanks is <laughs> I mean Rita Wilson's looking at his butt, but it might be the other end of the magical thing. <laughs> Uh, so, going back to Jenny, though, uh, the timeline is a little weird on this, because, okay... That's why I don't think it's his kid. What we, I want to... We, we, we basically... I feel like we proved you wrong last time. No, because, you didn't. Because, okay... I you feel have like a, we did. I don't remember the conversation, but you I'm going to take it as a victory. You have a theory that this might not be his kid, but explain to me in any way that makes sense. <laughs> she went away to rehab, and she boned someone. Mm-hmm. And then she had a kid. Why would And also managed to get hepatitis C without worrying about transferring it to Forrest. Well, see, here's the thing. She... When did she get hepatitis C? I don't know, but she was definitely... Because does Forrest have it? Does little Forrest have it? By little Forrest, I mean Forrest Jr., not young Forrest. There's a lot of Forrest in this movie. (laughs) I think a lot of viruses don't necessarily transfer from mother to fetus. I know it's... uh, With, like, HIV, it's like a one in three chance. Mm -hmm. So it could be... Okay, so that's... Much like uh, Young Forest avoided the Forest gene, yeah. he also avoided mothers. Maybe she blew the cab driver, and that's when she got it. So, like, when she left Forest and she's going to rehab, she's like, just one more for the road. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Because... I just think, look, like, she's a sexually active lady. She's kind of hot. Which is great. That's got, fine. Yeah. She just got touched by a magic penis. Like, she's going to use some of that. But, yeah, but she's got to go, like, is this every rehab. penis? Like, have I just been going after the wrong penises? <laughs> <laughs> we were so much more nuanced last time. <laughs> this is insanity. Like I said, I'm sick. 
It's perfect. I know, I just no. find dicks funny. <laughs> this is great. This is exactly what we need in I'm our 50th. I'm a pervert, and I always find dicks funny. Dicks are very <laughs> funny. Are talking about whale penises? I love talking about whale penises. No whale penises <laughs> on this episode. What about duck penises they curl? Oh, no, because so then weird. we have to get into duck rape, and I don't want to talk about duck rape tonight. All right, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, this went from your best episode to your worst. Speaking of penises, though, let's talk about Lieutenant Dan and the Hookers. Oh yes, let's talk about Lieutenant Dan Just and did. Gary Sinise. This is sort of the third point in Gary Sinister. Uh, so let's talk that about Gary like Sinise. That sounds like such an evil religious holiday. That's Gary like, Sinister. That happens in the other Sinister six months. Sinister sounds like something that Tom Hanks would go after in one of the Dan Brown movies. Yeah, I would watch that. <laughs> we, Ron Howard, we really shit talked to you last week. But you can get me back with this Sin Easter movie. Oh, I'm never going to get a job in Hollywood. Ron Howard probably hates me. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, we lo- I love Splash. <laughs> Unabashedly. You're one good movie. No, Rush was great. It's two hot dudes. I'm, I meant Tom Hanks specifically. Oh, that's okay. Oh, okay. That's fair. I, I, he's, got, he's got some good ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love The Grinch. It's great. That wasn't the one I was thinking oh, of, but sure. Buddy. I didn't say it was good. You just said it was great. And you loved it. Damn it. I'm trying to get back on his good side. You so. didn't hear the Apollo 13 episode. So, Gary Sinise. Gary um, Sinise. Fantastic. Is he better than Hanks in this movie? No. No. Thank you. <laughs> didn't want to. I mean, he. I'd say he's almost as good. He doesn't surpass him, but there are moments that he's... Especially when we're talking about like the hooker scene, like that's yeah. a scene where he's like he's at Hank's level, like just uh, I drink. I mentioned it last time. Um, it was it's that scene where she says, "Hey, is your friend stupid or something?" And he just flips the fuck out. And it's like I loved seeing him not know how much he loves Forrest. He completely yeah. he allows himself to completely lose his dignity in that moment. Oh and yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's yeah. it's sad, but. Yeah, there's like it's driven by it's love a perfect and a good thing. Exactly. vulnerability, the least self-aware. Yeah, uh, it's actually interesting that Gary Sinise's best performance in the movie is when he's the least self-aware. Tom Hanks. Yeah, is when he's the most self-aware. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think that speaks to their characters. Forrest had no plan for his life except to just like keep trying mm-hmm. to survive, whatever, uh, to just do what Mama said and to just do what Jenny said and run. Whereas Dan, Lieutenant Dan, like was very adamant about being a warrior and dying on the battlefield. He felt right. he had a sense of purpose and he was so self-aware and so self-conscious that Forrest destroyed that. That's interesting. And this is something we didn't talk about last time. So interest, new discussion. Let's give it a shot. New uh, discussion? New discussion. <laughs> Magic penises. <laughs> Magic penises for all. Uh, no, no, but um, so there's kind of two different philosophies because Lieutenant Dan is a character who has a destiny. He has a plan. Everything he does in his life is... Essentially, until the the war he gets saved by Forrest, um, that throws him off his path. But everything he's doing is going towards this destiny. Forrest Gump, as you mentioned, has no plan. He likes Jenny and he likes running and he's just kind of moving one foot in front of the other. What the movie is essentially advocating that it's better to like ah just wing it. What do you guys think? Are you a Lieutenant Dan? Or are you a Forrest? Wh- oh, I'm a Lieutenant Dan then shouldn't you be preparing for tragedy because you're not going to get the destiny you seek? What? I just mean that I'm like a... I prepare for things. I don't just wander through my life. Right, I, get I don't... I really stressed out when I don't have a plan. I don't either, but is the, is the movie suggesting that the wandering forest is more 
the peaceful, more transcendent path. Well, yeah, because Lieutenant Dan ends up kind of taking on that path as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Lieutenant Dan wanted to die in a war and not run a shrimp boat. Yeah, but he he kind of yeah transcends his destiny and yeah. is better off. I mean, he's alive, obviously. That's a it's a good thing. Well, he's he's better off in the way he's just more at peace with himself. Like it, it's not like. His world was so cut and dry of, like, I need to grow up, I need to become a soldier, I need to die in war. And, like, it was really just, like, him getting past that just opened up his world to, like, I'll just do whatever I want then because nothing is stopping me now. Like, I, I, I made it past that point, and I think he doesn't want to, and that's why like, that whole, like, he made his peace with God that day yeah. sequence. It's really just him kind of, like, that's really him going, okay, cool, I'm just going to do... Everything is dessert now. Yeah. Yeah. But but in that point is that is that uh, is that this movie again kind of criticizing the people who who plan and who have this like I know exactly what I'm I, I'm doing is it advocating for like well especially when you think about how Jenny did have a plan to fly away and it, the movie almost makes her death like jokes on her she yeah. flew away yeah yeah absolutely this movie's like stoner philosophy like just go with the flow man <laughs> which is funny because it hates hippies. Yeah, yeah, man, there's still... That is a really weird this is, bad there. It's, it's complex. It's <laughs> uh, it's very human that way, this movie. Yeah. Which is, uh, kind of leads to another point that we, we built uh, toward last year. was last year. Well, I wasn't on that one. <laughs> that we built towards last time, which was that this movie uh, kind of is the perfect representation of the United States of America. For better or worse. Exactly. It has all of the bombast and and hard on its string or sleeve. hard on its sleeves i guess i'm sick too yeah uh, hard on its sleeve uh just genuine enthusiasm and emotion while tainted by these slights toward it purports to really love america while refusing to acknowledge that america is more than just Aw shucks, cool but white dudes. Isn't that America? That's what it like, is. Yeah. Isn't that like perfect? Yeah, I'm Which is why I keep I keep yeah. coming back to this yeah, movie kind of being or worse. It's like, it a is. perfect piece of art. Yeah. And just as like if this is a perfect mirror to America. Yeah. It's not always great. It's yeah. ugly in some real what's, parts. What's crazy though is I'm not sure that that was necessarily the intent. Again, I don't think I, it was and either. And that's where I struggle with it. Like, obviously, we've had, like, a really cool discussion about it. And I Twice. think... It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's, that's valuable and that's awesome. But I also just think that intent... Intent is important. And that's where it's a little bit weird to think about, I guess. I don't know. See, I wholeheartedly disagree on intent being important. Yeah. It's just because I, I don't... I, I think that gives the filmmakers too much power. Like, it, it's... It's like, I, I don't care what your intent is. Like, I care about what the art is, like what I can see. Because you can't always talk to the filmmaker about their intent. So the, at that point, what do I care? The intent is important when you're making the yes, thing. Yes, of course. You have to have a point of view, you have to have a purpose. But yeah, like you can, death of the author, you divorce what, I, I, I agree with, with both of you. I believe Zemeckis isn't this heady of a filmmaker. He didn't have no. this intention to be like, this will be a perfect portrait of America. Like, he probably said that, but in a sense of like, ah, oh, it'll be great. It'll be yeah. like America. <laughs> he didn't have this other bigger, broader, grander theme to it. But that's where it can be both dangerous and a good thing. Yes. Like, it's, I don't know, not to get super Taoist, but like in Tai Chi, we talk about intent all the time because you're like hitting people and you want to make right. sure you hit them accurately so that you are safe and they are not or that you get them away from you you know and i think that's where like his intent is wonky so his aim is wonky and that's why you get like a more scattershot okay. meaning than mm -hmm. something that's very precise like kubrick or whatever where it 
his intent almost overshadows your enjoyment of the movie sometimes. You <laughs> yeah, know? But, I mean, you're not wrong. And, but the, even and like it's, some it's not people... a wrong way to approach a film, whatever. It's just, it, for me, it's something I struggle with. No, like, but I think like, even with people who like have very solid intent in their films, they don't always come across. Like It doesn't always work. You can have the most like intelligent filmmaker in the world, and they can still make a movie that goes haywire. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, like it's obviously a completely different league of movie, but if you watch uh, a David Lynch movie like Mulholland Drive... You'll never know what he was intending you to think. Yeah. But you're going to take away a very real meaning when you watch that movie. Can you not say the same thing about Forrest Gump, despite the fact that it's more classic Hollywood structure? Yeah. I think it's there. Whether or not it's yeah. supposed to be. But is it... Can, it, can a movie supposed to be a certain way? But I think you're like, yeah, absolutely I mean, I think, right. The way a movie plays in the yeah. culture and the... Like, the way that the world receives it is just as important as what the author intended. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, and I think the world did receive it more as Zemeckis intended it, which is also, I think, indicative of how the United States of America, most of the United States of America, receives the United States of America. Well, no, but I also think that it was a very different time when this movie came out. Like, yes. it wasn't like... Yes. We Racism were... was over. <laughs> I mean, yes. Sexism like, didn't exist. Like if you were looking at the current pop culture... Because we have Bill Clinton as Bill Clinton! But if you're looking at current pop culture, you weren't wrong. Like, that's yeah. what we were being shovel-fed all the time. This is, like, everything's fine. Now we look at the news, it's like, oh, World War Three is uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Like Which is weird, because statistically... Actually, a month from tomorrow. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, because, like, statistically... Things are actually okay. Like when you look at crime rates and like oh, people's yeah. health and well-being. That, that was thanks, before. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> what a day! <laughs> well, that was lower crime rate. <laughs> in nineteen early nineteen nineties, would that have been before like the media and culture like sensationalized all the negativity in the world versus? No, I think it was right on that like that board line, before which is that. why like a movie like this exists. That makes sense. So yes, yeah. pre-internet. Yeah, and that's that's a huge that's like, a huge mm. thing because that really changed the way that we consume media and journalism. We still relied on news and print media to be kind of more integral, and they weren't trying to pull faces away from people's computer screens, mm -hmm. becoming more entertainment right. focused. So now I think you can that, get your information, any information you want from anywhere. Yeah, right. whether it's true, true or not. Yeah, <laughs> we're in a post-truth society. Right. Fortunately, we're not in a post-Hank society. <laughs> oh God! Give it a month. No! Stop it. 2016 has been he horrible. Did. You shut your whore mouth. I can't. I, I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I'm just far more pessimistic about things coming up now. Oh, boy. I, I have a bad so, feeling so 2017 is going to make 2016 look great. You've kind of hinted at it, and I, I sort of made a mention of it earlier, too. Is there... Does this movie... Did this movie influence people so this is how we got here today because of Forrest Gump is that a piece do you believe that I think it's it's a small piece of a much bigger puzzle I think it might be more of like a what is the word of, it might be more of an indicator than a catalyst mm -hmm. of kind of where we are and what it means for us specifically as a where we were yeah, yeah where we yeah. were and kind of the direction that we were heading in without realizing it so like by buying into this movie's idea not again the more heady mirror idea, but like the oh, America was great. We got to be folksy but, wisdom, like Forrest Gump. The thing is, is like, and you guys can full fledged disagree with me if you want to, but I feel like specifically like nowadays we put more importance on movie and TV than we ever did back in the early nineties. Early nineties movies were more like, hey, let's go to the movies. Ah, that was fun, and it was just kind of like everything was fine and nothing was really horrible, and it's kind of, we just all had a good time going to them. 
Whereas now it's like every movie has this huge message and it's all super important, <clears throat> which we're doing to this, which is fine. But I don't think it was... I don't think this movie had that much power when it came out to really influence people's political, like, left-right-leaning way. I think it was more I of think, a barometer. Of yes, yeah, yeah. that's well, true. I think, you're, I think you're right, especially about how we consume movies, but also when this came out, I was a kid, so... I, of course, I was like, hey, let's go see a Again, movie. Yeah, but I was still, like, I, I still studied film. Like, I still yeah, like, no, I pay yeah. attention to how people You're, you're right. Yeah. Um, but the internet also drastically changed the way in which we yeah. receive and consume movies because yeah. suddenly everything is a big discussion six months leading up to it. Yeah. Six months leading up to it. And then like, six, six months, months post-mortem, like, yeah. like exactly what we're doing now, exactly. yeah. which is maybe... <laughs> I think it's great, honestly. Though, like, I think I've really enjoyed this stuff. But yeah. how they consume media. As long as they're talking about like the art and actually trying to pull conversation from it, rather than like fucking CinemaSins or some shit. Yeah. CinemaSins. You're never gonna be on this show. Veto you as a guest. <laughs> I don't care how big you are. Someone online big. went yeah, through and did. <laughs> someone online went through and did a, a sins of CinemaSins video. I <laughs> love that video. <laughs> Yeah, you're just, you guys suck. All of you suck, but you guys suck the like most. I just, like, I just want to like things. Like, I know. I, like things. I mean, I kind of like dis, I kind of enjoy the dislike. There's something fun about disliking something. I'm so over as it. Much as but I like at the same time, Gump, I'd rather find common ground with yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. That's, that feels so much better. But that's, yeah. that could be just we're friends, though. Like, maybe if I was a complete stranger, like, no, I fucking hate that guy. No, because it's one of, like, obviously unpopular opinion, not liking this movie. And mm-hmm. when it's come up, with people I usually just bite my tongue and I'm like yeah it had a good soundtrack or like like that's what I said about Rogue One Rogue One did have a good soundtrack it did have a good soundtrack uh, and it had a well, good score. I didn't like Giacchino's like faux Star Wars theme. I felt like that it was did, too sound alike. He does that a lot. I don't yeah. know why he does. Like, He's really good. You're very good, man. Just go for it. Yeah, do something different. Yeah. Which when they went different it was good except for the fact that they had no characters. Sorry, let's get back to Forrest Gump. <laughs> you are. We'll team up against you after the hype. Let's yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so, Lieutenant Dan. I like Lieutenant Dan. He's great. I like the movie when it's in Vietnam. I do. The Vietnam sequence. I think that's when it's the most Vietnam, assured. It's the, the strongest the part of the movie. All of that. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it's got the best. Well, it doesn't have the best acting for for Hanks, but it it's the first. It's the only part of the movie that feels like this is a a true movie. Like, it could be its own story. You have real characters besides Forrest. Because Bubba's pretty well fleshed out as much as it's just he loves shrimp. He's also Forrest's best good friend. They're both kind of outsiders. You get that vibe. Best good friend. Now, here's the one thing that I'm playing devil's advocate for the hell of it. I mentioned that I'd done this podcast before and we talked about it. It's like, oh, did you talk about how Zemeckis just ripped off Kubrick and Full Metal Jacket? It's like, no, that never came up. But apparently there's this like subset of people who believe that that entire thing is just full metal jacket just ripped off and made fun. I'm not sure I agree with it. In fact, I pretty much Also, don't. what's wrong with that? I, I agree. That, that's If it is, yeah. then okay, what's wrong with a, with a filmmaker emulating another filmmaker that he respects? Especially with something as specific as Vietnam. Like, there's... Full Metal Jacket is like the perfect picture of Vietnam, yes. too. Yeah, and I think... Both boot camp and war. Like yeah. You, can't, does a great you job. can't do an accurate portrayal of Vietnam without it kind of feeling of a piece with Full Metal Jacket. Sure. And that's... Incre- actually, yeah, that's an incredibly in style for the movie. Like, it's all about taking these moments from history, yeah. usually. Yeah. But, like, why not just 
recreate a moment of from a movie everyone knows. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't disagree Which they did with it, with but Midnight I also have a Cowboy problem with it. as yeah. well with the I'm walking here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 of a piece with what the movie's doing. Yeah. This movie, movie is just American culture pastiche. <laughs> yeah. Again, it keeps coming back to that, but like yeah. I it's really like, think that's why. I mean, it also takes like Elvis's appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show and makes that a thing, and John Lennon. So it's like yeah, yeah. I no, was on the Ed Sullivan whatever. Show. Uh, different Elvis. Sorry. Look him up. Ed Google Sullivan. Elvis. You'll you'll find Matt a lot Sullivan. of other Elvis. It doesn't go straight there's to the Tom Thanksgiving podcast. No, no, no. There's a there's a different really? one that comes up. Do, oh, does it go to Splat Studios? A couple of different ones. Still a different one. You really? have to scroll a little bit to get to Splat Studios. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Press your bubble. I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to stop. <laughs> Okay. We'll uh, help you. We'll help you get to that number one. Thank you. I, I really, want, I really just want to watch this just unfold in the worst way possible. <laughs> um. Does he have to battle like low level Elvis's like Costello first? Oh yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I think I've already superseded the the fucking skater. Screw that guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So um, you've beaten one. You've got a long way to go. There can only be one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to spend a lot of time in Vegas just beating up really, really sad men. Oh yeah, we, we haven't <laughs> talked about uh, Tom Hanks' cameo in Elvis Has Left the Building yet, which is all about Elvis impersonators. Oh really? We'll be getting to that uh, in 2017, <laughs> provided America still exists. <laughs> which who knows? <laughs> Anybody's game. We're so, all gonna die a heat death because of global warming. Before we all die, Russia and or China. Before we die from <laughs> nuclear war or global warming or. Having gold dumped on our head by a president. That too. Uh, let's 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 join in and talk about the best things about this movie. Really, the best thing. Let's talk about Tom Hanks. We already mentioned like his the moment that earned him the Oscar. Yes. But what do you think of the rest of his performance? This is this two questions. Is this his best performance, no. and is this his Hanksiest performance? No to both. Yeah, agreed. I would also agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I will always say his best performance is Philadelphia. Not my favorite movie. I actually mm -hmm. think it kind of moves slow and it could have used another pass in the edit, but whatever. That's just me being a post coordinator and really anal on this stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was more like this performance, I think it. I've heard the argument like without Philadelphia, you don't get force go. Mm -hmm. And that might be true. I, I think that would only be true in the sense of the green light effect. Sure, sure. But I, I don't think, as great as he is in this, it doesn't have the power from bookend to bookend that it does in Philadelphia. This one has moments of greatness. It doesn't have any, I don't think it has a single false moment. Like, it never has a moment like, ah, he failed at that part. But I, Yeah, there's a, actually, there's a couple moments where I feel like the accent dips out, and it's only when he yells. And yeah, he gets, he gets more hanksy. And it's actually, I think it's specifically in the boot camp sequence. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Sergeant! And it's yeah. like, that sounds like... Well, I think what Scott Turner, yeah. but not uh, what makes yeah. Philadelphia better too is he was working with other actors who were playing real characters. <laughs> well, yeah, and he's like Tom Hanks also That's elevates. A, such a dig. No, but Tom Hanks also <laughs> elevates other people he's on screen with sure. generally. Yes, sure. I mean makes... Mark Rylance says is, is, he owes his Oscar to Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm still upset about that one, but it's okay. I I'll, love that movie. I'll get over it. I'll get. You know, like Tom Hanks really elevates other people. He made a he made us fall in love with a volleyball when he even when he was on his own. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they talk about the best Zemeckis Hanks movie. That, that Polar movie. Express. Oh, <laughs> no, no, Castaway. Have you talked about Polar Express? We have. We did it last Christmas. Why? <laughs> because he's in it. Fair point. <laughs> That's the whole premise of the show. <laughs> we fucking did Cars. He's in it for five seconds. 
Wow, really? We did. How long was the episode? Long. <laughs> that was the episode that came out on election day, and I was like, go vote. <laughs> and then next week was Family Ties. It was sad. <laughs> Sam, what do you think is Tom Hanks' best performance? Um, well, I really love him in Catch Me If You Can a lot. He's amazing as Carl. I'm Hammer. not sure that it's his. I'm not sure it's like his best performance, but I just love it. It makes me the happiest, and mm-hmm. I also think. Now that I'm thinking about another Frodo castaway, it's really special that we're able to spend so much time alone with him and not get annoyed. Yeah, I think castaway is. My annoyances in castaway have nothing to do with Tom Hanks. It's and, and they're like I like that movie a lot. It's a yeah, it's a pretty strong movie. Um, considering the type it is, and it's very Zemeckisy in, in that same get it way. Like yeah. let's be simple, yeah. but it, it in the best absolute way outside of Back to the Future, which is way better. But. Which is so and weird. the walk right. Right? Oh my god. Didn't see it. <laughs> it's like, if you just turn off the sound, it's great. <laughs> he he, uh, he kind of takes a... It's super tense, but god, it's horrible. I, I loved it, but I loved it for, like, <laughs> the weirdest reasons. Uh, I really like the last bit, where he's, the actual walk itself oh, it's so is good. so much fun to watch. Like, that's the thing. It's super fun to watch, but getting there. Now, you want to talk about Zemeckis making a character, like... A-okay, the walk does such a worse job than this one. That dude fucking cheated on his girlfriend like every two seconds. And yeah. that just makes him look like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, he was like the scummiest <laughs> French whore, which would have made it so much more interesting. Yeah. Like, this guy is just like a death-defying pervert. But no, it's like no, Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> with his French do you accent. Spo- <laughs> do you suppose then that... Mine was better. <laughs> okay. The movie is a mess, but I love it. Dark question. Dark. They say that, you know, there there are certain directors, certain auteurs... Uh, that her French accent was better. Shut <laughs> up. That was Russian. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> uh, the uh, that certain directors have sort of a a scene or an idea or a theme that they kind of keep going back to. Like Spielberg famously always has dad issues in his movies. Right. Um, is there something about Zemeckis then with like the treatment of certain these of these characters where? Like he's trying to make up for something he did in his past, or figure something out. Like no, I, he just—he's really into his flawed characters that he's not going to attempt to redeem at all. Like in kind of like a weird way. Like, Almost like the the sort of the message of the of the movie Sully, where it's like he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you're just supposed to take it at face value. Like mm-hmm. you can look at your movies, like pretty much any one of them, and go, "No, that character is fucking like a dick." And the movie will never attempt to redeem him or do anything different about it. It's like, no, that's the way some people are. And that yeah. could just be what his opinion is on people. Maybe Zemeckis doesn't like people in general. I get that more from his movies than I do. It's weird. Oh. I feel like every time you like, I feel like every time I try to think about Zemeckis, like all of his movies feel really similar. But then Back to the Future just throws everything from Back to the Future is the standout. So, they're oh, yeah. so special and weird and different, and they don't fit any of the other patterns. Any of the, like, other anything, movies. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel... I mean, it feels like a Zemeckis movie in that it's amazingly made, but it doesn't feel like it has like any sort of theme or resonance or... I mean, the same personality. Par- yeah, yeah, you yeah. can sit yeah. and parse them for hours, but not like we're doing here. It's more just like the fun mechanics of the time travel, like how Marty and Doc have such a cool relationship, and like... I mean, there is, like, the the questionable, like, weird racism thing, too, that you get in Back to the Future, too, where, yeah. or Back to the Future, where Mar- Marty goes back and, like, gives uh, Mayor Goldie Wilson, another Wilson, actually, yeah. uh, a, the idea to be the mayor, and then he gives yeah. Chuck Berry like the, the idea for the shitty, song. That shitty racism is also just... 
pervasive in Hollywood. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard to say that's part of just one filmmaker when... No, like, and I don't think it, executive but, but yeah. stuff, you know, <laughs> despite the comparison, when I think of it in uh, in Back to the Future, it feels so much more unintentional than it does yes. even here. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, perhaps because like Forrest Gump directly engages with that conversation by yeah. you know introducing the KKK name up front, but such a weird idea. It's, but but yeah, there's almost like a there's a cynicism to Robert Zemeckis. Between, like after the Back to the Future trilogy, I feel like yeah, he yeah. kind of reminds me of like um, like a stereotypical church lady where she'll like feed you and give you cookies and give you a hug, but like bless your little heart, you know, like <laughs> then say something like really cutting. I because every time I think of this guy, and we mentioned this all the way back on episode two when we talked about Castaway, uh, he was, I think it was when the trailer for Castaway came out and it gave away the entire fucking movie. Because he described trailers are supposed to be like movies, mainstream Hollywood movies are like McDonald's. You want to know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, and that, I feel like, I wonder if that is how he felt after maybe, Back to the Future. Maybe he just hates his audience. Like he thinks that, everyone's stupid. I think he kind of does. Yeah, what surprised me. Not yeah. Really. Now, if that's the case, then is Forrest the stand in for the people he hates? <laughs> Because he's a simple man. He's a stupid man. Uh, stupid is a stupid does. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> is that where we're landing? <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any more we can really stretch. No, I'm, I'm good with that. So Tom Hanks, in we agree, he is. this is not his best performance. It's not even his Hanksiest performance. Mm-mm. I'm still going to give that to... Uh, Turner and Hooch. I was going to say, Turner and Hooch, <laughs> yeah. that sounds right. That seems fair. Uh, just shouty Hanks is the best Hanks. It's so good. I do love the Not watching... Terminal? Terminal's so good, right? Oh, God. <laughs> I do love the watching Punchline, realizing that if you had shouty Tom Hanks and replaced it with shouty Nicolas Cage, all these war movies suddenly become great thrillers. <laughs> uh, I do love Punchline, too. That's another good performance. Underrated. Underseen. Underseen. It's the lost Hank's gem. Volunteers is also really good. I've seen Volunteers. I've never seen Volunteers. Love it. Punchline was for Tom Hanks giving, and it was a really bizarre experience. It's a really, it's a good movie. Yeah. But it ends in such a weird spot. Yeah. It also, it's another great movie, like so many Tom Hanks movies. Uh, In fact, you could say all of them, since we've done it fifty times now. Could you? All of them? I I don't, I don't remember you uh, saying anything nice about Sully. <laughs> Didn't like the movie, but we had stuff to talk about. Very my true. point, my point is, there's a lot of Hanks icon movies. I think this is definitely one of them. After this discussion that we've had two times now, Drake. <laughs> where do you guys feel? Like, give me your your last like. This is what this movie is. Have you changed your mind? What does this movie really represent? What's the takeaway here, Brian? I, I you know I don't know what the takeaway is. Like I honestly don't. Um, maybe if I was feeling better, I might be able to come up with a better answer. But like as we've been talking, my wellness has been going down like a plane. Um, like a plane flown by Sally. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to land that plane. Great. Yes. Uh, I saw that, by the way. I'll talk to you after we get done. Um, so it's, it's, I, I think it's a movie that's important to both cinema. It's important to be Tom Hanks fans, Zemeckis fans. I think it's an important film. And I think people should see it. Uh, and whether or not you've seen it, before now and you'll take away that it's this great magical ride or you'll see it now and might be like no it's a really cynical dark twisted thing I don't know but I I can walk away and watch this movie 
time and time again and enjoy it for both its dumb-headed plow through history and for being a cynical comment on America that it might not have intended to be. But I can enjoy it for both of those things and still love it. Sam, your takeaway. I, I'll never like this movie. But I appreciate... At least she's honest. Yeah. I just, I just won't. Like, it's made me sad since I was a little kid before I had these, like, big thoughts on it. When it was just like, man, this sucks. Um, I like I, that your read isn't entirely deep analysis, though. No, no. I just, you just don't like it because it makes I you sad. I thought it was a love story, and then it was a, it just doesn't work. And it made me sad. It just makes me really upset. And, uh, and I think that's the thing. It's just... I'm never going to like this movie. I do think it is important... Like, for better or worse, it's a huge part of our culture. And so I think I've enjoyed having this discussion to at least paint it in a more positive light for me. But... That's I funny, because I've had it as a way more negative light for me. <laughs> cool. Then I've done my job. <laughs> so is this... Is Forrest Gump the charming, lovable, iconic Hanks movie that people can just turn off their brain and enjoy? Or is it this dark representation of the biggest problems with uh, subliminal messaging in, in media and uh, the darker sides of America. I think it's both. Maybe it's both. No. Yes. And that's, uh, that's a perfect uh, way to look at Forrest Gump. <laughs> and uh, wow, what a perfect end to our 50th episode of Tom Thanksgiving. Woo! Yay! Thanks so much. I'm so glad that you guys were here to do this twice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Drink. Uh, where can people find you in the meantime? Sam? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at SammyJane613, and I am hoping to restart my column every Thursday at filmtakeout.com called Fear the Chick Flick, so check it out. Brian? Uh, I have a podcast that comes out every Thursday called After the Hype, where we talk about movies sometime after they've hit DVD or home video on, uh, and you can find us on ATHpod.com. Have you done Forrest Gump? Uh, no, we've never done Forrest Gump. It should be the three of us <laughs> talking about it again. So that is our episode for this week. That is Forrest Gump. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. We loved having it both times. Uh, I feel like there was a few things we missed talking about uh, from our first discussion that we just breezed by. One thing we never got to talk about in the second time was the fact that there was a proposed sequel for Forrest Gump. There's going to be a Forrest Gump 2, and in fact, there is a novel called Gump & Co., uh, written by the original author, that is the canonical sequel, and it involves a scene in which, well, basically, in the, in the sequel to the book, the movie Forrest Gump came out in-universe, and... Uh, there's a scene in which Forrest gets to meet Tom Hanks. So I know it's a little late, but I want to see this movie. I want to see Tom Hanks playing Forrest Gump meeting Tom Hanks, played by Tom Hanks. That would be the ultimate scene. So as uh, crazy and weird and uh, potentially damaging this movie is, I, I would just love to see a sequel because that would be some batshit crazy insanity. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, but that will wrap us up for this week and for the rest of the year. This is our final episode going out of 2016. We will be back in 2017. Uh, I'm suspecting we'll be taking a month off and be back in February. 
Uh, and I don't know what we're going to be coming back with, so that's why you got to follow the show. Follow the show on Twitter, at TomHanksPod, uh, and we'll be sending out exactly what's going to be coming down the pipe for the future 2017 Tom Hanks Giving Run. Uh, and subscribe to the show on iTunes so that when that episode comes out, it'll be boom, right there for you. You don't even have to think about looking it up, worrying about it. It's just going to be right there for you. And while you're on iTunes, why don't you give us a, a review? Uh, a positive review would be great, but you know what would be even better is a five-star rating because that's that's how this show is going to you know spread to so many other people, and that's what this show is about. We've been doing it for 50 episodes now, and we just want to share Tom Hanks with everybody. And big thanks to... Uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Greg Krajewski, for all the music he's produced for this show uh, and his brand new uh, theme song for this one, wherein Tom Hanks really is what brings people together. I believe that in my heart, and uh, I think uh, by sharing this with your friends, uh, helping spread the podcast, we'll, we'll make this very scary world uh, a little bit of a happier place. So that is it for 2016. Tom Hanks giving, signing off, and wishing you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a joyous Kwanzaa, a fantastic Festivus, a Happy Gary Sinister, and a Happy New Year. And until next time, Hanks for listening. Life's a box of chocolates, friend. That's the way it goes. Sometimes it's a happy end, and sometimes it blows. When you don't understand, you just can't see it through. Just look to the man with one red shoe. Oh, and the world's gone mad. Oh, turn to America's dad. Oh, we'll come together, don't you see? Oh, Tom Hanks is for you and for me. He's a guy who knows just that thing to do out in space in the snow during world war ii trapped on an island or in a volcano follow his lead and you won't go insane oh and the world's gone mad oh turn to america's dad oh we'll come together don't you see oh Tom Hanks is for you and for Oh, and the world's gone mad Oh, turn to America's dad oh. Alright, I'm driving Andy the airport <laughs> There's a little bonus for you guys at the end Andy, what do you think of Forrest Gump? Meh <laughs> <laughs>